following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? I'm your host, Andrew Lenz, coming to you every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network. And before we get into today's episode, here is a message from our sponsor. You're looking at a snapshot that could only have been taken by one company, Sony. We've created a miraculous little video camera, the Sony Handycam, a completely different way to take movies. Light and easy as a still camera, yet can give you two hours of incredible sight and sound. So why just take snapshots when you can take moving snapshots? Take home a Sony Handycam and turn any TV set into a photo album. All right, so it is a movie review time. It is the end of the month of January, and it was Jack's pick, especially Jack was probably excited that it was his pick after the not-so-happy watching and choosing of A Christmas Story. The only person I really know that was that depressed about watching The Christmas Story, but... I wasn't depressed about it. I just wasn't happy about it. You look like, I don't know, you just look miserable that whole entire time. That's all right. Marley and I were like, yeah, let's talk about this. Jack was like, I want to go home. You guys talk. You guys talk. I'm leaving. Done that one without him. Yeah. Yeah. You guys talk. I'm leaving. He's like, this is a stupid story about a kid. He gets a BB gun, shoots himself in the eye. Done. Right. Over with. Bang. But you chose the secret window. And why did you choose this one? Or, uh, I'm I, sorry. Secret well, window. Secret, secret window. window. Secret yeah. window. Uh, I watched it when I was a kid and I was super confused. Like, I think I watched it when I was like 11, 10, maybe. And I was super confused about it. And then I told Marley one day, like a couple, what, last year, probably? Yeah, it was last year. I was like, hey, there's this movie that really confused the crap out of me. Bet you get confused. (laughs) So we watched it. And then like, I was like, wait, now that I'm older, I got it. Like, I understood it. But when I was 10 years old, I didn't. And she goes, oh, this, like, I'm not going to spoil it. She goes, oh, this is going to happen. This and this and this. Right from the beginning. I think we were 10 minutes into the movie. (laughs) And then it all panned out. And I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) I'm really good at that stuff, though. Like, I don't know, guessing what's going to happen. Like, after watching a movie I haven't watched before, like, I'm really good at just predicting things that happen. And, like, most of the time I'm right. So, ha, ha, ha. So, before we get into the review of Secret Secret Window... (laughs) <laughs> Let's take a listen to the trailer. The only thing that matters is the ending. It's the most important part of the story. And this one is very good. This one is perfect. For Mort Rainey, every story is a window into another world. But some windows should never be opened. You stole my story. I don't believe I know you. I know you, Mr. Rainey. That's what matters. You stole my story. 
kind of an amazing coincidence. The stories being so much alike. Her death will be a mystery. Tell it down, he said. The guy calls himself Shooter. Maybe my name, not Shooter. Hello? Remember my story, secret window. You and me are the only people that know about that, right? You scare too easy. You're up there all alone. Anything could happen and nobody would know. What do you want from me? My ending. I want you to fix it. I don't think Shooter's just some nut. I'd like to know what I'm dealing with here. You don't want to know. I will burn your life and every person in it like a cane field in a high wind. The only thing that matters is the ending. It's the most important part of the story, the ending. So I felt like with any movie review, review, especially this kind of being a newer one and not, I don't think too many people know about it. I never knew about it is that we are going to talk about spoilers. And Miley, you said that you knew what was going to happen. I spent a little bit of time trying to figure out what was going to happen. Like my, I think it was, uh, what do they say? Per- paralysis by analysis or something like that, where I think I was overanalyzing there. every like little thing that could have happened. Cause I remember watching, what is that smoke and aces? And I knew it was like, Oh yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Kind of like you said with this movie and my dad was like, no, how, how did you know that? I'm like, I watched enough movies that they all kind of pan out and go together. Yeah. I'm a, like, I'm a huge fan of this. It's obviously not a Stephen King movie, but it was like Stephen King esque. So I kind of just took it in the vibe that it was a Stephen King movie. And I was like, what would Stephen King do? <laughs> That's exactly how like I figured everything out 10 minutes i'm not even kidding 10 minutes into the movie i made him pause it and i was like this is what's going on this is what's gonna happen i don't know if it was 10 minutes it was oh it was like a decent like i feel like i feel like it was when the security dude talked to tom greenleaf and he goes no i just saw him and then it's like wait never mind no because at that point i had already said i mean i don't i don't recall no like i i remember it because um it was, I think it was after, oh God, we'll just get into it and yeah, I will point out when I figured it out. <laughs> so this so this movie kind of starts off weird in a way. Yeah. Johnny Depp having inner anime, inner monologue in his head about should he go back in there and he's sitting in a motel room parking lot. And he's driving in the car and he's like, don't turn around. You should yes. leave. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then he pulled in. <laughs> <laughs> He ran into the office and took the keys to the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I so thought what one room they were in. He knew what room, but I thought once like a hotel gives you the keys, like they're not on that rack anymore. I think they always have like a master key. Like a spare. But why would they put it on the little racky thing though? I don't I, this is an older I don't know what time it's like in and I think they're in where were they? Oh they're in, no, they're in New York. Yeah, they're in Yeah, New small York. town New Small yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I mean it was a motel. So yeah. like maybe it's just like Nah. <laughs> but I think it was 
it was interesting because he took the key, then got in the car and then had that whole monologue like I shouldn't go like turn around like blah, 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 blah. So I'm I'm wondering if he meant to take the key. So that way, when they turn the keys in later, they would have noticed that a key was missing and been like, oh, he knows. Well, you got it backwards. The monologue was first and then he grabbed yeah, the mom. Oh, I swear. I don't know. For whatever reason, I thought it was the key first. I don't know. Oh, no. No, monologue was first and then it showed him like running in to the office which surprisingly wasn't locked even though yeah right that part's weird too the guy was in there like put up a sign even if you got to go to the bathroom like be back in five and lock the door nah just leaves it wide open and then it was just him yelling at what we knew at that point as a man and a woman in bed and that's where you could kind of figure it out the woman was probably his wife and he's cheating and then we get fast forward six months later and he's living in a lovely little cabin and he gets a visitor by the name of Jim Shooter who says he John stole. Or is it John? Yeah. Yeah, it is John Shooter. Why do I want John to say, Shooter. oh, Jim Shooter? Because <laughs> Jim Shooter was an editor at Marvel. Fair he helped cool. create the Transformer comics. So. Yeah. Okay, so I have a little bit of stupid pop culture history running in my head at this point when I hear the name Shooter. I could have called him Shooter McGavin. Could have. Uh, I'd have taken that. I'd have taken that. Yeah, I know you would not have corrected that one. No. This would have been a way different story of Shooter McGavin. Oh, for sure. Would have popped off. He just pops in with his golf clubs like, what's up, kid? Yeah. (laughs) Heard you stole my my script. Shooter McGavin here. So a man by the name of John Shooter pops up and says that Mort, played by Johnny Depp, stole this story, which was kind of interesting. I think at this point I was more into it than what I was when just the beginning, because I'm thinking, okay, here's another story about a depressed writer who's trying to come up with a way to be happy again. That's where my mind was going, was like, this is some cheesy story where he's going to get a happy ending and a nice redemption. And, and then oh, no, my mind immediately went to misery. Did you really <laughs> thinking? Yeah. I don't know. It was just the, the ambiance of like the music and then, you know, John shooter showing up and like swearing that it was his story first. And then I don't know. It just gave me misery vibes from Stephen King. I've like, never seen the misery. crazy. Oh, you've never seen, misery. you've never seen misery. I haven't seen it. Like, Oh my gosh next movie <laughs> oh i got picked next movie i know i know we could do I'll it that. i'll keep that in my pocket <laughs> and uh you, i can't believe you've never seen misery james Kahn, kathy bates kathy bates oh, i not love a, her not me kathy bates goes psycho man yeah she does she's whew, far out in that one <laughs> but uh so john shooter john shooter i'm having troubles with names must be getting up there in age you know, he comes by and he's like, hey, you took my story. And then he like throws him a document, throws him the, the script. And can I say that John Totoro, I'm pleased. Uh, I, I think I said his name right. Playing John Shooter. And I, I love the fact that he played John Shooter because he's playing a Southern guy. And this guy's from like Brooklyn, New York, and he's nailing this accent. Really, really good. Yeah, I gotta, oh, it was amazing. I got a. I I had. I even wrote that down. I love when actors from New York play Southerners. I have no idea why. I just feel like it's kind of like a cool thing. <laughs> I, I'm for it because Brooklyn has such a harsh accent. Yeah, and then you have to like take all of that out and then yeah. put like a Southern twang. Yeah, it's interesting. 
Sorry. So, um, I mean, pretty much this is the movie where John is like, Hey, you stole my story. Mort's like, no, they meet, you know, a lot of run-ins, supposedly a neighbor, Tom Greenleaf, as you said, seen them arguing and, uh, John there, uh, kills the dog by sticking a screwdriver in its neck. Yeah. It's like the saddest part of the movie. Yeah. Like what the yeah. heck? What'd the dog do? The dog was cute as crap. Remind me of a fist. The dog was a message. Well, yeah, but still. <laughs> well, have you ever He's seen like have you ever seen the movie Fear with no. Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon? I'm gonna say no. I think I did like I was young. Yeah, it, if you were gonna watch it, it definitely would have been like young teenager years where it's yeah. like watch who you fall in love with type movie. Because yeah, he just I think that's yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. He just straight murders the dog in there. Mark Wahlberg cuts off a dog's head oh, and then sticks it through the doggy door. Christ. Yeah, yeah. I really hate movies where they kill off the animals. Yeah. <laughs> like they didn't do anything wrong. No. Or, or like the scary movies where the ghost like goes after the dog. I wrote in my notes, not the dog. Come on. <laughs> not the dog. <laughs> not the dog. Like, for real. What did the dog do? Right. What did dog the dog do? Anything. Dog went out to pee. Came yeah. out of the head. Yeah, and it's beautiful. There's tons of trees. They're in like upstate New York, right? A place called Tashmore. Yeah, Tashmore County or something. Wherever the hell that is. So you pretty much had this all figured out. Who John Shooter was, Marley? Um, not at this point. Um, it was oh, it was shortly after the dog incident where I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This guy only talks to Mort when they're alone, and like. Um, when he's like talking about the magazine that his story was published in two years prior to when um, Shooter's uh, version came out. And he's talking about how the ending is different and how he sh- Mort should change the ending right. of his story to the ending of John Shooter's. And it foreshadowed completely based on like what you see in the beginning and like, you know, Mort's going through like a lot of like mental problems surrounding his divorce and like what happened. And now all of a sudden the ending of John Shooter's story is what it is. And you're like, okay, now I get it. Right. So that was my whole like thought process around it. I was like, there's no way this random guy has like word for word verbatim. Like when you actually watch the movie, you like think like as soon as he says, oh, I have a story this story was published two years prior to when you just think it's like a fan like misery who like just copied something and then changed the ending. But this guy like cannot know what's going on with his wife because one, it wasn't public Two, dude more like just went up to upstate New York six months later and like hid by himself and like was kind of just like a social pariah there for a little bit. Right. So that was, that's kind of where I went with it. Did have a pretty, around, like, he did have a pretty good life up there. I mean, he sure did. Lovely diet of Mountain Dew, Doritos. Heck yeah. Cleaning lady. Cleaning lady. Ms. Downey. I understand your life's in shambles because, you know, you're getting a divorce from your wife, but. Got to hurry. Cleaning lady. You got a cleaning lady. Got Mountain Dew and Doritos. That's the best. He was eating a sandwich once. Did he? Yeah. He was eating a sandwich. He was laying down with his dog. Oh, yeah. It was right after a shooter says, call your wife and get that magazine. And then he goes, I don't want to call her. And he just, he says, I don't want to lay up and go to bed. And he's eating a sandwich with his dog on the ground. I did find it odd that nobody had a cell phone. But then I remember it's, well, the movie's it's still out in 04, but I don't know when it's necessarily like dated. Yeah. I'm like, I can't just... think of any tells like of it, what time frame it would be, but I don't. Yeah. But then again, if you're up in the mountains in upstate New York, 
I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing cell phone service isn't right. Plus, like, Amy was on what seemed like a cell phone in bed all the time, unless it was just a wireless house phone. Could have been the old school walk around, as yeah. as the kids would call it, the walk around. And so he goes, and after all these things with Shooter, he hires a private investigator. Can I? What was with the chess clock? Did anybody else pick up on that? I didn't understand it. Like, may, I, the only thing I could think of was like maybe he played chess and like that's just his kind of his thing. I I, I had no other option for. I had no. I got no idea. Anybody has any theories? Come on, Jack. You did really good with the plane trains and automobile theory there, but I I know, but like <laughs> this one this one confused me. Like I, I have no idea. Like maybe he's like you're on my time. Like I I don't know my turn, your turn type thing. That's like, the only thing I can think of. Talk. Yeah, but I have no idea. The chess thing in the private investigators thing. I have no, no idea. I'm like trying to think of a theory. Yeah, I got nothing. That would make sense. I got nothing either. I'm going to Google Chess it. is like a super like thinking game. So yeah, know. I'm going to Google it after. <laughs> You're going to use the Google machine. I sure am. I'm going to do the old Google machine. So it gets the, gets the investigator. They're going down there. Uh, investigator checks out the house. Everything's fine. He goes uh, crazy in the house. Cause there's a mouse. Well, what he finds out to be just a mouse, but then he goes outside and who's there, but good old shooter. Good old John shooter. John like before Shooter. he hires the investigator too, like he goes to the sheriff and the sheriff just brushes off everything he says. Yeah. Every word he says. Talking about needle pointing. Needle pointing. Uh Mort's like, I got the description of the guy. And then he goes, like at the very end, he's like, All right, well, first first and foremost, we need a description. He goes, like he didn't even say anything. He just looks at him like I, I know. <laughs> I have that. <laughs> I have the, I got his name, I got his car, I got I got everything. <laughs> the crappy small town sheriff. That's all I could think about is like the guy that was probably like a New York City police officer for 20 years, retires to upstate New York. And is like, eh, I'm going to take this job as a sheriff yeah, because it's a small, sleepy town, a small, easy town for, except for John Shooter. Until Mort shows up. <laughs> Until Mort and John Shooter. And then what about, okay, the house burning down when the house that him and his wife had that were her and her new boyfriend or whatever we're staying at <laughs> yeah i couldn't think of it when that burned down and the cops are trying to talk to them because they own the house i thought the guy her boyfriend or whatever named ted i thought he just needed to go away like oh i'm the worst okay all right yeah, i didn't i didn't really like he doesn't add anything development wise to the movie um, he, he does the end there towards the end yeah but like not really no yeah. he just like i know he's the reason like more goes crazy kind of but like i don't know I didn't like him. I don't know. I just, I feel like without Ted being there with the house and like talking about it and stuff, like, yeah, no, he didn't need to be there, but it just aided more in his, you know, I can't like, without like spoiling it, like I can't, like, this is all retrospective. Like, (laughs) like after you finish the movie, like all of my things like start, like, you know, all the gears start turning and you're like, okay, that could have been like why this happened you get your first i felt like i got my first clue like my first solid clue into trying to figure out the ending when Mort asks him and he's like hey you're from down south where are you from and he's like i'm from tennessee a place called shooters bay and that's when you're like oh and that's kind of when Mort starts thinking okay ted hired this guy and that was kind of like the most interesting part of it for me to get into that aspect the other thing is, so you find out what happened between Mort and his wife, because they seem like they have this perfect, happy marriage. 
and this was not a big shocker because it's always something like this is you find out that she was pregnant and then she lost the baby i'm so sick of like in pretty much every movie things have got to be from a loss of a child or something of those that aspect and i, I just i'm like come on why do we got to keep on doing like the baby thing like right. couldn't yeah, like and like really making it seem like relationships fall apart after you lose a child yeah i mean like yeah it's like super sad but like you know you can get through it together like you have each other yeah and like you can always try again afterwards well i mean it's not the same i know thing, but, but like <laughs> i don't know can. <laughs> Well, how far was she? Like, it was, I think it was just a miscarriage. Yeah, I think I, so, too. She doesn't really say it. I feel like they did like a flashback, kind of. She never really says. I feel like it was like a late term. Oh, okay. yeah. It could have been like she, they were like ready. Yeah. She doesn't really give a clue, though. She just says when when I lost the baby or when we lost the baby when they're on the phone. She doesn't really give like a time frame. It was enough. Like, because if you think about it, if it's like an early on thing, it's like, damn, like that sucks. But like later term when they're both ready, like they they know what's coming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden lost it. Like, that's the only thing I could see that would make that much of an emotional impact that it destroyed their marriage. Movie standpoint wise. Right. Of course. Oh, movies. Understandable. My random thing. Of just really enjoying uh, gas prices. Did you see it was dollar seventy one a gallon? It did. <laughs> okay. Which is, I was trying to figure out the time frame of this based on the gas prices. <laughs> like, all right, so it can't be like too early on because it's over a dollar. So I'm thinking like late eighties, early nineties. It's got to be mid to late nineties. Looking at what car they were driving. Maybe even early 2000s, because that Audi was pretty new looking. Well, it has to be at least past 97, because that's when Shooter says he wrote his... Oh, they tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. He said his thing got published in the Ellen Ferry magazine in 95, and then Shooter wrote his in 97. So, I mean, obviously we know the ending, but... Oh, I guess so. Yeah, because... So like, I'm thinking like 2000, maybe, or like 99-ish. Yeah, like late 90s. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, obviously. But could, like, be, could even be 98. <laughs> oh, no, because he's like currently writing Secret Window. And he just hit writer's block towards the end of Secret Window. Oh, I thought he already like, wrote it. No, yeah, he had already oh, written yeah. it. He's writing. He's just that's writing. That's right. That's thing. right. That's yeah. right. I'm sorry. So I was like thinking, yeah, because it was published in the magazine. I am apparently just waking up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you sleeping. Oh, man. No, I guess because I'm trying to think like time frame based on like he's like, I was published in this magazine and it's two years prior to what you wrote. I did. OK, I'm so like, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> I put in for 2002 because I figured like that's maybe the max. Since it came out in 2004. Yeah. So $1.71 in 2002 uh, in today's value is $2.65. Ooh, so, I wish I was paying two sixty five. I got to get this up soon. What are you guys paying up there? I think it's like three thirty six or something. It's insane. I literally, uh, speaking of gas prices, got gas yesterday and I have like a 14 gallon tank, something like that. 14, 15 gallon tank. I wasn't even empty. Like I had a quarter of a tank left. I put like nine gallons in my car and I paid like $35. They're paying three thirty-eight a gallon? Around there, yeah. Jeez. I was complaining because we're almost at three here. Oh, I wish. <laughs> great. Save $3, $3 a tank. That'd be great. Yeah. It's about the highest is about two ninety-eight, depending on which gas station you go to. Right. I wish. Me too. 
I'll go back to those prices. I'm anyway. jealous. Yeah, any day. What's what's it in Florida? Like two something. Let's go. Well, Florida's got all those oil things off the coast. Yeah, we move um, right now. They're still complaining of the gas prices, though. Oh, I'm complaining because when I first moved here, it was like almost two nineteen a gallon, and I was like, "This is great." You filled up a tank for like twenty bucks, and you're like, "Oh, California is like four fifty eight. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I remember in high school when I first got my license in Florida. Um, gas prices literally twenty dollars would fill my tank. Like I, I would run it down all the way and then fill my tank up for twenty bucks. Those were the days. The days. I'm jealous. So another weird product placement that I saw was when he woke up late because him and the PI were supposed to go to the, the yeah to the diner to confront Tom Greenleaf because Tom Greenleaf's like I never saw more with another guy. Is did you notice the guy at the diner's drinking Pepsi Twist? I did. I did notice that. I was like, oh, I missed Twist. I was like, that is awesome. So that's probably a good indication of early 2000s. Yeah, because that's when Pepsi Twist was out. I don't right? even like remember 01. Pepsi Twist. You don't remember no, Pepsi no. Twist? She was, she was three in 01. Yeah. <laughs> you were three in 01? I remember. I was graduating. Yeah, I was three. I was graduating. I was graduating <laughs> out of high school. Thanks for making me feel old. You're welcome. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Oh, when boy. people put things into perspective like that, like like oh, I was graduating high school when you were in like kindergarten, and but I hang out with them now. Yeah, I'm like I don't feel that far away in age. But then you put it in perspective like that, and I'm like, okay, maybe I am a little young. <laughs> older. Well, it's one of those things that as you get older, it becomes more kind of acceptable. I'm pretty sure when I was 12 years old, when I was in the 12th grade, and I was hanging out with you when you were three. I think we would have had a problem. Oh, yeah. Huge problem. And like, yeah, I put things into perspective like that, too. Like, it's fine now that we're friends. But had it been when you were graduating high school, people would have thought some. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hang out with Marley today. Stuff. Isn't she three? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take oh. her to the park. Maybe some Chuck E. Cheese. Maybe put her down for a nap. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you get into those. I used to babysit you. Yeah. Oh, I get that. <laughs> I'm sure. Because I have a, I never had a babysitter. I have a to my friends kids though i have a neighbor and he's 50 and i'm talking to him like i'm like everything's fine and all i'm thinking about is like there's like a 12 years age difference or more than 12 no it's 12 yeah about 12 years age difference between him and i and i'm like this is crazy and then i start processing i'm like he was born in 1970 he like was like seven when atari came out he got to play pac-man and then I put everything into like everything's either in a pop culture or a sports aspect. So I'm like, okay, so he saw Montana and Marino play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm just like thinking in all these aspects. Like, so it's that's probably the oddest thing. But back to Secret Window as we go more and more into the story. So he wakes up late because he's supposed to confront uh, Tom Greenleaf. They're gonna they're gonna pressure him. Be like, hey. You know you saw Mort with that guy. And then Mort goes to the diner. Guy's drinking Pepsi Twist. Pretty awesome. And he's late. And then what did, he goes back home, right? Yeah, he goes back home. Yep. Gets the phone call. Then he goes out to the field. And he sees Tom Greenleaf's, Tom Greenleaf's truck. And who's in there? But a dead Tom Greenleaf and the PI. Yep. And he collapsed. Oh, no, no. Is that... Does oh, he no, collapse? Yeah, he yeah, collapsed. Coll- okay, he collapsed. John Shooter pops up. And then that's when he, like throws the the car the truck into the quarry yes yeah the dead bodies but then he got stuck and he loses oh, his yeah because um shooter's like you have to get rid of the evidence so 
I don't know. Like <laughs> you got some heavy lifting to like, do here. Yeah. yeah. And then you know he pushes the the car or the truck into the quarry and his watch gets stuck on the turn signal because he's like stuck to the car yeah i was a little frightened at this point because my son was in the room with me watching it and he saw that point and he was like he's like see that's why you don't wear watches like that and i'm like (laughs) i got a little little creeped out it's like i am locking my door at night oh for (laughs) sure after that I am locking my door at night after that comment. They just say they just say the scariest things and they don't even like mean it to be scary. They're like just thinking. <laughs> they just say it so matter of factly. Yeah. And it's just terrifying for us adults. It was just it was definitely creepy. Definitely creepy. That's the one you have beef with too, Jack. So just watch out. <laughs> so watch out. I'm up in New York. You guys are fine. He ain't catching me. I wouldn't put it past them to catch a plane. I don't know. John Shooter came from the south. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, John Shooter. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes through all this with John Shooter, and then he starts looking in the mirror, starts seeing two of himself, and he's realizing that ultimately he is John Shooter. Yes, he is. <laughs> the mental break. And you, I should have known it that he was, that the guy was in his head, especially when they did the flashback. Yeah. Like whenever he talked to his wife, they did the flashbacks of like him yelling at his wife in the, in the motel room. And it was like all this split second stuff. So I should have known it then. But this is what it gets crazy, crazy because then John Shooter is like, you created me. And you start seeing all the flashbacks of like, I'm a dairy farmer from Mississippi. And when they're that like garage sale kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much wife comes and just to kind of spoil it, he kills the wife and he kills the boyfriend like that. You just going in like that. Jesus. Yeah. I, just... Well, what do you want me to do? I mean, what is there? There's, there's really no monologue. Well, no, How would you? Like okay. You in. guys describe it. You okay, guys so go. He comes into the cabin. Cause like, they want him to sign the divorce papers and like they're worried, blah, 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 blah. She walks into the cabin and Shooter is like engraved and carved just like The, the Shining. The best part of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't find that that great. I found it very, okay. Once again, the father instincts kicked in. I was like, how are they going to resell this house and who is fixing this stuff? <laughs> No, but then like you see the shooters on the like it, it's just repetitive like shooter on the wall like everywhere and then it's shoot her when he's behind you know? the door yeah oh the door. I didn't yeah. catch that yeah no when um Amy goes upstairs he's behind the door yeah he opens the door and it says shoot her yeah I did not catch that oh yeah yeah that was super it's important like the best part of the movie because then you realize <laughs> Damn it, Andrew <laughs> like John Shooter had been telling him the whole time to change the ending of his story to kill the wife of his story and then you see all the shooters on the wall and then it says shoot her which ends up using a shovel instead well yeah. but i digress like yeah <laughs> but still she's or you use whatever you can get ankle yeah. first <laughs> true yeah that was nuts that she actually got up to start running to do that yeah adrenaline i'm sure and why did okay so that's when he's got her outside and then ted's starting to come in i didn't understand why she didn't yell for ted to go get help I think she was hurt because she hit her head on that rock when she when he kicked her out. Yeah, but then she was still yelling though. I don't know if she was yelling. I feel like she was like debilitatingly like oh, trying, trying to tell him, but like can't get the words out because she just cracked her head on a rock. Okay. I don't remember if she was yelling, yelling, or just like saying like Ted. But she did. She did start yelling after he got hit with the shovel, though. That's fair. He just straight murders multiple. Straight death. Just done over with. D E D. 
because that was the whole thing behind the secret window is the secret window led to the secret garden where the killer buried his wife in the garden that she loved more than him Which, and then the, like i understand it's a secret window because it was behind that shelf or whatever or piano whatever that she moved but it's not a secret garden <laughs> like if you no. go outside you can see the you can make the garden. no i've seen the secret garden that's yeah. a secret garden right I mean, I think it's just referring to the, oh, no. the fact that yeah. the bodies are <laughs> no, for you are buried there, so that it's a garden with a secret. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking more along the lines of Jack too. Where <laughs> it's right, like, right. don't worry, guys. I'm secret. here for you. Marley, not you a big it. secret. Different perspectives. Not a big secret. It's right outside. Let's not a big secret. Is. Like, why are you just saying it's a secret to add pizzazz to the story? <laughs> no, it's a garden with a secret because their bodies are buried underneath the corn. Well, like and she, then when she finds children the window, of the corn was made. <laughs> well, when she finds the window, she goes, "This is a secret window to peer, peek out to my secret garden." I'm like, "It's not a secret garden. If I go outside, I can see you peering out the window. That's not a secret window either." Yeah, it wasn't really a secret window when she moved the dresser, but right. <laughs> It's because she called it that. Until, yeah, stupid Amy. Yeah, what was the line about the cord? Something was, about. Um, I think I can do it, or I know I can do it. Said the man as he picked up a steaming corn, or as he picked up another piece of corn from the steaming bowl. Yeah, or something like um, that. Yeah, I know that's close. Yeah, because yeah. it's a line from his book. Yeah, it's the ending from the book with John Shooter. So that's when Shooter and him. Oh yeah, because like during the whole like thing when he's coming, he's got corn like yeah, all the, over the house. Yeah, when the yeah. Uh, cop comes in at the end. Sheriff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here, here we are at the end of the story. I know I can do it, Todd Downey said, helping himself to another ear of corn from the steaming bowl. I'm sure that time every bit of her will be gone and that her death will remain a mystery even to me, which is kind of true in a way because in his mind he didn't really do it right shooter did it shooter did it schizophrenic Schizophrenic. Uh, no dissociative identity that one that one so i love the ending also other than that when the sheriff comes and he kind of like gives him one of those weird but he's actually doing his job now right like it's been (laughs) he's doing his job whereas last time you see him he's not (laughs) he's like telling him he's not welcome in the town anymore I love that. He's like, you the can go. The sheriff too is when uh, Mort's picking up the magazine, and the sheriff comes up to his doors. You got a second? He goes, No, I'll call you later. And then like that, that was just gone. Like that, <laughs> nothing else passes that. I liked how the wife, because the magazine, that was the big thing. Like he had until four o'clock to produce Shooter with the magazine. This is way before you found out that Shooter was him. And he opens up the magazine, and all the pages are ripped out for his story. It goes from yeah. like. 38 to 99 or something crazy like that 81 to 99 yeah, yeah 81 to 99 i like how he flips it he goes how did he do that <laughs> <laughs> he's just flipping the page he goes that's interesting but then when the wife comes you see all the pages on the on the ground yeah so that is that was a perfect rip though too you see that like yeah when he's looking at the spine he goes that was a good rip I could have used them to get some magazines to get some posters out of magazines as a kid. That's how good of the rip that was. Right? That was a great rip. I'm mad. So that is that is secret window. Um favorite parts? Things you like to see changed, maybe? I don't want the dog to die. I changed that. Fact. <laughs> okay. I think we're that's all in agreement. Yeah. We, okay, to send a message, maybe we could have I don't even want to say that. Uh, what about the scare? I like this in movies where, okay, 
instead of hurting the dog, I do like, I do kind of like this. Cause this is a little bit more creepier is like when they randomly find the dog, like all of a sudden the dog's missing or the pet's missing. And then the guy that's like the villain all of a sudden finds the dog. Yeah. They could have just hid the dog. Yeah. And then the dog's fine, but it's still sending a message and nobody gets hurt, but it sends the message. I think they did it in the Sopranos. I can't remember what season, but the soccer coach was moving and they were trying to intimidate him and not to going to take another job. So all of a sudden, Chris finds the coach's dog and brings him back home and lets him know, you know, maybe you should keep a closer eye on your dog. Yeah. See, that's I prefer that. Yeah. Like I got your dog. Yeah. Or just kill Tom Greenleaf. Like, screw it. The only time time you see the guy is freaking when he's dead. You barely you see his hand waving in the truck. Poor Tom Greenleaf. For real. He didn't deserve that. Poor Tom Greenleaf. I do like the scene where when Mort's having the flashbacks of him actually being shooter and he's in the car with Greenleaf and uh, the investigator, like the way he kills them. Because like, you know that he actually did get up in the morning to do that instead of sleeping late to go to the store. Like he got up, did the thing, killed him instead of, you know, obviously went home and then passed out. And then his real self like woke up. Right. No memory. That was the confusing part because he always said... Tom Greenleaf went to the diner at nine o'clock for breakfast. Right. Mm-hmm. So did they actually go to the diner and driving back from the diner? Or are they driving to the diner? Yeah, that's that's what I don't know either. Like I wish I just wish there was like a little two minute thing of like how they all get into the Greenleaf's truck. I think they were driving back from the diner. Yeah, but why don't they all drive together or like drive separate? Because like the dude is sleeping in the motel because he's like calling Mort from the motel like, hey, we'll be at the diner at nine a.m. Mort has his jeep. And Greenleaf's got his truck. So how do they all end up in Greenleaf's truck? Unless they drive to Greenleaf's house and it's they're driving. Say like, oh, and then maybe they intimidate him there. Like, hey, let's take a ride. Jog your memory. Like, this is where you saw him, right? Because if he was at the diner, how come the lady didn't recognize him from before? Because she remembers she says oh, that yeah, nobody at the diner was there. Right. So maybe they did go to Greenleaf's house. And in a town and in a town that small, if somebody's at a diner every day at 9 a.m., yeah. don't you think you would have... Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'd question that. Like, it's like if... um. What's his name? John from the bar? From oh, Turtle Joe's? Come in. <laughs> yeah, if he wasn't there, like, yo, where's John? <laughs> where's he at? Yeah, maybe. I don't. I like how you said that. Like, let's take a drive and like jog yeah. your memory. I would think that's the way they got in, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just wish I knew how he got in there. <laughs> or also, why did he kill his own dog? Like, come on, man. Because he's lost in his head. I know, but come on, man. You kill your own dog and you leave yourself a note that you got three days. Ooh, I, like how, I like how you wrote no police. <laughs> Like that's that's funny. No police. You're turning yourself in, bro. Immediately went to the police. <laughs> Instantly. Lost on his head, though. No, I know. That yeah, that like the whole thing was like no, I know associative identity disorder, especially that when they're doing the flashbacks of more actually being around these people that like he's killing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because he's not him in his head. Like he is like sleeping pretty much like in his brain, and Shooter is out. Right. Like his other identity is out. So he has no memory of what happened, of what all he's doing. And then he wakes up as more. It's crazy that these things are real. Yeah. That's how, that's like a big turning point too, because he wakes up late, but his keys are in his truck and John Tudor's hat is on the porch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Watching it and then like watching it again, like you notice that it tells you exactly like all the clues lead yeah, to exactly like who rewatching it. it. But watching like, it for the first time is just like Yeah, it was definitely 
something that I was well, like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to. You really got to pay attention to. Yeah, I put this off so far. Normally, I'm ahead of like the movie thing, and then I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> but, but then you liked it, so ha, I win. Miley, do you, I think we all agree the dog is like the worst part of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite part? The whole um, like ending with the shooter and then shoot her behind the door. That's my favorite part of the movie because it actually puts everything into perspective. Like the ending of the book is changing. Yeah. He's going to kill his wife. <laughs> Ties it all together. I don't like loose ends in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine, you know what? I don't, I think it was just the parts with shooter when he's talking to him. Yeah. And just all of that those. Was great. Yeah, shooter was great. Just all those little parts and how he's like, you stole this and you're going to take this and you're going to do this. And he's just following every cue of this guy. And he just seems so real. Like, cause what did I, Oh, cause I said that too. When my son was in here, cause I was kind of just talking to myself. I was like, so either this guy is legit a real human or this is some fight club stuff and he's like what do you mean by fight club and i was about to go well we could i'm like no i i don't think you're ready for fight club yet but you you ain't ready i mean after this beef him and i get he might be he might be he might be be ready that'd be quite the wrestling match yeah (laughs) would you job out to a 10 year old absolutely i knew it i knew it yeah you have to i I knew it yeah talk to smack at the heel heat and then you got a job out and then you get him the big baby face pop. Come on, man. I know how this oh works. <laughs> Jeez, you should be a booker. I know. I tell myself that all the time. It costs way so, too much money. So <laughs> let's do uh, what character would you play? Marley, light it up. Yeah. I'm thinking. There's I really, one female character. No, there's two. Why are you going to narrow it down? There's two female characters in the movie. Listen, I don't want to be either of them. <laughs> Fair. I think Mort. Mort. <laughs> Just Mort the confused. Shooter confused aspect of more yeah with the writer's block and like not understanding what's going on with his life <laughs> like okay. i'm mort hidden rage hidden rage yeah mort for sure um i'll be john oh are we doing what are we doing am i picking your characters oh yeah yeah pick one pick them up light it up hmm, i think jack would be john greenleaf tom Tom Greenleaf. Confused of the whole situation. Why is Jack always the guy that's confused of the whole situation? Just the lonely bystander. It's always me. Yes, but he's also the one. Like Jack is such a person to like point out when somebody's wrong. Yes. Like no, that's not how that happened. Yeah. So yes, that's for sure. Tom Greenleaf, baby. Yeah, Tom Greenleaf. Then Andrew. Let's see. What do I want to put you as? (laughs) Um. Give him Ted. Maybe the PI, because you're like really good at like reading into things and like trying to figure things out. Like you even said it for this movie, like you were so hyper focused on things. I think you'd be the PI. Sorry, you die, but uh, <laughs> you guys. Here's die, what but. it is. I like the actor that played that played him. I used to watch his show. He had a show called Rock, and it was a really great show. So I I like the actor that played the PI. Jack, you're up, buddy. Dude, I'm up. I'd play John Shooter, not. More John Shooter, but like John for I don't know how to pronounce his last John name. Tutorial. That guy. That John Shooter. Because I could be cryptic in a way that couldn't convince somebody to do what I want, but also be in their mind, I guess. <laughs> it's not Halloween season. Like when I'm in Halloween season, I'm better at it because like that's my jam, but I could do it. Uh Marley. No, I <laughs> We get Japanese char- music. There's not a lot of characters to go off of, you know what I mean? There is a good amount, though. There's like four. There's more. There's the shooter, sheriff, Tom Greenleaf, barely the sheriff, and uh, the PI. 
I mean, I guess Ted and Amy, but I don't like them. They list seven on Wikipedia. Who they list? Uh, we got Mort, John Shooter, Amy, Ted, the Sheriff, the Private Investigator, and Tom Greenleaf. Oh, they didn't list the UPS girl. Bums. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, I don't even remember the UPS girl. When he's picking up the magazine, she's like, "John, you don't look so well." Or no, not John. Um, Mort, you don't look so well. You should go home and get some sleep. And then, like when he leaves, she goes, "Man, eh, he's cute." And yeah. then when she's when then when he sees him in the diner after he kills everybody, she goes like. She's just trying to leave as soon as possible. They have a uh, feeling he just murdered everybody. Right. <laughs> Marley, you could be... Ah. <laughs> I, you could be the, the PI. Okay. You could be the PI. You're, good. you're also good at reading into things very well. And you're right 90% of the time you guess this movie freaking <laughs> quick out the gate. Andrew, you could be the sheriff, but not when the sheriff's aloof. Okay. Not when he's just being stupid in, the, in his office and needle pointing or whatever. When he's actually doing his job. <laughs> when he's like actually like hey don't come into town because you killed your wife and her boyfriend <laughs> like i feel like you could be like hey like don't don't do this you could give the intimidation factor given your marine background of like you ain't doing this anymore so stay in your lane <laughs> you never picked who you would play i said i'd play john shooter oh yeah that's right i was like what i was like andrew's quiet what happened <laughs> <laughs> so for me i would pick the private investigator not so much because of the PI thing, just because I've done what he did during the interview where they were like, when he's talking to him and he's like, so what happened with you and your wife with you or with you and Amy? And he was like, were you banging groupies on a book tour or something? It was the complete wrong thing to say. Right. And I've done that before where I'm like, oh, I'm comfortable with this person. Now I'm going to say something. And then all of a sudden it's the complete wrong thing to say. And you're like, oh man, I actually did it to a friend. I got him and his girlfriend arguing pretty hardcore because he has two favorite football teams. Well, he says he has two favorite football teams. So when he was like, oh, I got it. I got this girlfriend he put on Facebook and me, I've been married for years. I've been with my wife for years. So it's like nothing. I don't know the outside dating world so i put hey just remember girls aren't like football teams and she read that and she was like what does he mean by that what is it oh, and i no. totally destroyed everything kind of like you guys too when we first started doing this and i introduced marley as your fiance yeah, yeah. and i'm like oh you guys are okay oh oh you look at context clues you could totally think we were engaged in that fact <laughs> That's what I, I don't know. That's what I thought. So like we have a house together. right? <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm going with that. Jack, you would totally be John shooter. Damn straight. Yeah. Hell yeah. 100%. You would, okay. I think you would play that role perfectly. A Beautiful. figment of imagination. Hell yeah. That is Jack. And I think, Mar- I think Marley nailed it with herself too. Cause I can't, I'm looking at the list and you know, the obvious is be like, Oh, you could be 80, but I don't see her as Amy. I don't see her as Ted in a way, but I do see her as that more like figure, maybe, you know, just chilling in a cabin, trying, trying to get, book. trying to write a book, <laughs> trying to do your homework. Because if you think about it, more and John Shooter are the same person. You and Jack are, I feel, I mean, I've only, you know, I do this with you guys once a month and I've only really seen you guys together in person once, you yeah. know, together as a couple. But I feel like you guys are like that weird, well, well not, I don't want to say weird, but you're that well balanced. Yeah, so like like, we're the same, but like tastefully different. Yes. The yin, the yin and the yang. And I think that's what Mort and John Shooter were, a yin and a yang. 
Heck sure. yeah. Bingo. So I think that's where it comes down to where I would pick those for you guys. Jack brings out the worst in me. I'm John Shooter, baby. <laughs> I would love to see Jack do that for like a wrestling persona. Like he comes out normal, but then randomly one time he just comes out with like the straight Undertaker hat that John Shooter was wearing. Like yeah, dressed like a Southern guy, and he comes out and he's like Jack Shooter, Jack Shooter, <laughs> Jack Shooter, and he just comes out and he starts talking real cryptic and everything else, and then he goes in the back, but then he comes back out in his other wrestling outfit, and everybody's like, "What the hell's going on?" I want to see that's good booking. I have a super cool idea that I want to do, but I got to run it by Brett, but I got a super (laughs) cool idea. It's it's very similar to that, to be honest. It's very, very similar to that. See? So we're going to go rating systems. If this is the first time listening to the movie reviews, we got a rating system. We got burn the film, which is the movie is just horrible. Not, not suitable for any human or living things. Eyes one and done. Good movie, but I would not watch it again. Rewatch. I would rewatch the movie Again, if bored and favorite would watch the movie, even if it were on cable. What do we got? Jack, go ahead. Do you pick the movie? Oh, I'm going to do favorite. I'll Whoa. watch this movie a million times. Yeah. I love this goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Shooter, baby. Straight shooting. Harley. Um, I would put it as a rewatch for sure. Um, I, I do enjoy this movie. Um, I like watching it again and then picking out like things I didn't catch beforehand. But I wouldn't go like out of my way and like sit down and be like, you know what I really want to watch right now? I would. Secret window. Yeah. <laughs> I do that with Hitch. What? Yeah, you do every day. Oh my gosh, I swear. It's like Hitch, <laughs> Kevin Hart, or um, he's just not that into you. Yep. <laughs> Those are my go-tos. Come on. So I would go a rewatch because I definitely think I'm going to try and watch this with my wife. I do previewing of tv shows and movies uh so i'll watch like the first two episodes of a series to see to get a kind of a feel of it to see if my wife will watch it with me and then if i feel it's something that she wants to watch with me i automatically stop so that way we can watch it together and then also this is definitely a movie that i think she would enjoy and I would like to see her kind of get confused during the whole aspect of what's going on. So definitely a rewatch, not a favorite. I'm not going out of my way to watch Secret Window. Oh, sorry. I am. I am. Don't be sorry. It's fine. He's going to add it to his list of movies he puts on at night. Damn straight. <laughs> now that I know it's on Netflix, hell yeah. You big bet. You got to fall asleep to a movie? Heck yeah. Oh, Every see. single. And then he'll wake up in the middle of the night and restart it. Yep. I'll put I'm it back TV. to where I missed it. I'm TV shows. I can do TV shows. I am such a turn the TV off, complete silence, complete darkness. Nope. And then, you know, being with Jack for almost three years and like now I can't sleep without the TV and I hate it. That's my wife. She's got to have everything off. So when she turns off the TV, I have headband headphones. So I just put on my head. I just put on my headband headphones and I watch something on uh, like YouTube or a show. And then when I'm falling, starting to fall asleep, but I still need the noise. He, I don't know how I can do it. Cause he's got probably one of the most annoying voices to most people, but I like to listen to uh, Jim Cornette's podcasts. I thought you were going to say Gilbert Gottfried. I was like, no, oh, Jim, oh. Jim Cornette's podcast podcast where he tells like stories. People ask him questions and then he tells them like a little story about how they did this back in the day. Jim Cornette oh. is on some crap. And he, mm, mm. I love Jim Cornette. I hate, he's got me to the point where I don't even want to listen to something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard because I just right. cannot stand him because of Jim Cornette. 
it's like one of those things where you become friends with somebody, even though I'm not friends with Jim Cornette and they talk so much trash about somebody. They're like, nah, I, I don't even want to deal with that person. Right. You never know if it's true though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody ever knows if anything he says is true. I hate Jim Cornette. How do you, I think that's his charm though. No, it's not. I think charm. that's his charm. I think you like, love, people love to hate him. No, it's like not even, it's not even like heat. Like it's not even wrestling heat. It's just legitimate hate because he's so stupid and he's so wrong about everything. He's old school. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, but old school doesn't mean that he can't translate to now. Look at Chris Jericho. Jericho's been wrestling 30 years. He's translated friggin' every year. I think he has beef with Jericho, though, from Smoky Mountain. Like, he's still pissed off at Jericho from their first match that he was supposed to have at Smoky Mountain, and then Jericho got hurt, and then he couldn't even do it. Why would you be mad at Jericho? I got hurt. Sorry. Like, what? Because Jericho is doing, I think the way that he was putting Jericho is doing something he wasn't supposed to. Ah, fair. It's it's Jericho, though. Yeah. I still love Chris Jericho, even though I like Jim Cornette. Oh, absolutely. Chris Jericho is my favorite wrestler of all time. He's great. Super and funny. he's kind of ruined other wrestlers like the junkyard dog talking about his his cocaine problem and i'm like i love the junkyard dog that's the whole reason why i started watching wrestling right so i did just google pepsi twist because i just wanted to see like what the heck it was and it came out three days before my second birthday or yeah second birthday wow jeez craziness that's insane it is but I'm it like looks a, yummy i'm like a thousand years old <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Lemon flavored soda pop. It was so good. It was pretty good. Well, they kind of make things like that now. Like, it's basically Sprite. Pepsi Twist, basically Sprite. Lemon lime. It's not lemon lime though. Did you just say lemon lime? No, it's, no, it's lemon, lemon flavored soda. Oh, lemon flavored. My bad. Soda. You can no, tell where she's from. Make... Yeah. Yeah, I don't say pop. Ha. Sometimes I do. <laughs> like I'll be in the store. And I'm like, hey, do you want to grab some pop? And then I'm like, ooh, that was weird. <laughs> no, you go. Pepsi? Yeah. <laughs> but no, they kind of make stuff like that now. Like, sure. um, they have that orange one, which is strangely good. Pepsi mango? Yeah, I think that's what Ugh. I'm talking about. So bad. It's not like I wouldn't drink a whole one. Fair. I do miss vanilla Pepsi, though. Yeah, I do. Cherry vanilla Coke is the best. I got started yeah, on that because of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love Pulp Fiction. All right. Well, that is the end of the show. Come back next month and we will be reviewing the Keanu Reeves Gene Hackman movie, The Replacements. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember to catch new episodes of Let's Talk With No Politics OK every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Go over to the Let's Talk With No Politics OK Facebook page for great content. And also check out the YouTube channel for Let's Plays. And with that being said, I'm your host, Andrew Lenz. And good morning, good afternoon, and good night.